What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. To start before that, too. Yeah. So it's just been ballooning. That's it's a recency bias thing is what it is. Yeah, that's true. And still, just a little bit over four from your fifth starter, like... Yeah, I'd still take that. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. Jake is back today, so we're going to have definitely some good discussions, and then we're going to talk about the Brewers. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. So when we talk about the games, um, we're going to try to highlight some positive takeaways that we found. Um, yes, even during a losing streak, we, we want to highlight some positive takeaways when we can find them. Um, we see so much criticism on social media mm-hmm. so we want to talk about um you know what can be improved instead of just saying you know the brewers suck or whatever this team sucks this guy sucks like we want to actually take things put them into perspective and say what specifically can be improved and then after we talk about the games we're going to talk about how we think the things that can be improved how they can be improved um like i said we want to keep it constructive because with so much, um, this team's not going anywhere, this guy sucks, fire council, this team sucks, all that. Um, there's so much negativity out there that we want to be the polar opposite. Um, so with all the negativity, like, you know, you're if you're just a person on social media, you might not think that you're affecting other people, but you really can because you become a product of the things that you see, the things you associate with, um, the things that you put in your mind. So when all you see is negative, 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 sucks, sucks, trade, fire, that starts to creep into the, the back of your mind. And now you're thinking like that, even though you're not trying to. So Jake and I, we want to be that that polar opposite where it's like even when things aren't going well, like there's still like this happened that was good. This happened that was good. Uh, this is a good thing. This is something they did better than they have been doing, as opposed to, like I said, just you suck, this guy sucks, trade this guy, fire this guy. That's such a that's such a negative mindset to take to begin with. And then there's nothing constructive about that. You know, if you if you like honestly want Craig Council fired, for example, it's so easy to just say, oh, fire the manager. It worked for the Phillies. They've won six games since they fired their manager. If we fire ours, the exact same thing will happen. First of all, that's not the case. Second of all, if you fire Council, who are you replacing him with? You really you really want, what, like 78-year-old Joe Madden and Joe Girardi, who's been fired from two managerial jobs already that don't understand like the way that analytics baseball is driven and doesn't know that? like Craig Council does and how like how in sync him and David Stearns are. That's like, that's the thing that you're thinking. Like I can understand, like if there is a, if there is a candidate out there that you know about that nobody else does by all means present it, we can have an actual discussion. But if you're just saying, you know, fire council or, or DFA Kane, like just because you're mad about their performance, like that doesn't actually (laughs) make any sense. You're just saying that, from a, a place of, of of anger and frustration, which we understand. Just take a deep breath. 
Um, Tim, I don't know about managing a baseball team. Um, baseball is probably probably my third most knowledgeable sport. I'm working on it, but um, yeah, I don't know about managing a, uh, a professional baseball team. I, I can play some recreational softball. That's what I can do. Um, I don't know, Jake. Do you have any thoughts on the on the negativity of social media? Well, first of all, um, we're 63 games into the season, right? So we're not even halfway through. So you're going to give up on the season 63 games in? That just doesn't seem like a good – You know, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> there were people giving up on the Bucks 30 games in because the Bucks got off to a slow November and December. Yeah, that's – I don't understand. I mean, you got to have patience, right? you got to take your lumps – and this will go into a good discussion that we're going to have later about enjoying the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a marathon. It's not a race. So right now, we're taking our lumps. Uh, in football, this would be equivalent to, I don't know, playing like losing two, 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 two games. Yeah, yep. losing two games in a row. Good God, if the Packers do that, the world is going to come to an end. And everybody's going to be like, we need Devontae. Oh, oh yeah. gosh. Yeah, I don't want to deal with yeah. that. I don't know if you guys enjoy that voice, but if you keep bitching it, that's that's the voice you're going to get. That's the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> yeah, we need the Monday. Um We so, should have traded for Tito. We should have signed Julio. Yeah, we should just sign everybody because we're on, everybody, yeah. we're on Xbox Gold membership right now. So <laughs> we got that forced trade clause on, you know? Um, oh, that's awesome. You know, I wouldn't fire him. He's... He's the longest tenured NL. He's the second longest, isn't he? Who's the longest then? He's he is the longest. I'm I'm shaking my head no to Tim in the comment section. We need Julio. Yes, Julio. I am different than Tyler on Julio though. I would give him a flyer. I'm not saying that we absolutely need to or we need him or anything like that. I'm not saying that he would Let's, make the roster. Okay, but... let me give you a hypothetical scenario where I would be okay with it. Okay, okay. If let's say. Let's say Sammy Watkins. Now we're switching to uh, football. <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is part of it, though. This is part of it. So, you know, the the next topic that we're on here is enjoy the journey. So we we're talking about the Packers. The like the OTAs barely started. Minicamp is like barely going, and we're not even into actual training camp preseason or the season yet. No. And we're already talking about it because we enjoy talking about it. So they're the best. This is part of it. So this ties in. So. Mm-hmm. The Packers, for example, let me say if, let's say Sammy Watkins gets into the second week of July and has like a hamstring injury or a re-aggravation of an injury he's had previously, and the okay. Packers decide, hey, like, Sammy, thanks for coming. Thanks for trying. Um, you know, the injury history is just too much. Um, we're going to move on. And they mm-hmm. offer Julio Jones basically the exact same deal they offered Sammy Watkins, then I could be okay with it. But essentially, essentially, Sammy Watkins and Julio Jones are the same boat for me. They are both old. Well, Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins is like twenty eight. But yeah, he's only like twenty eight. But like, I feel like I've known him for a hundred years because I watched him play in college. Um, But and he was on. They were on TV all the time. But also, they are very injury prone. So I do agree. Um, They're both really good route runners. Both good receivers when healthy. So right. Who says, you know, I'm not saying it's a possibility, but what if we have Sammy Watkins and Julio and they both stay healthy? That's a if is the 
biggest two-letter word sports, right? We <laughs> I know I hate that, that word. But well, if it's it as much as I hate the word should, almost. Yeah, should is a – oh, we should have won. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but we didn't, you know. I know. It is what it yeah. is. That word should. People love that word should. Does enjoy what? <laughs> if we had uh, Julio and Sammy Watkins, two veterans, you know, to go along with the rest of I mean, of we have, like, Randall Cobb is another one of those guys that, if healthy, he's a good receiver. Randall Cobb's only 31. Dude, Randall Cobb was balling a couple times last year. He had two touchdowns twice last year. Yeah. He was huge in that game against the Cardinals. Yeah. And then he was huge he in the game against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep. No, I've had this mic for a while, man. It just was never on camera. I got a new setup, though. I'm out here. Boy, we upgrading. We upgrading. <laughs> All right. So the, the second topic that we wanted to discuss was enjoy the journey. Um, I touched on this last week. Um, Simon agreed with me on it. Is you can't tell me, honestly, that the only way you will enjoy a season is if it ends in a championship. You cannot tell me that and actually believe it. Because if that's the case, don't even watch the regular season. That's seriously. Like, if you can't enjoy the ups and downs of the season, why even watch it if you're just going to be mad that it ends in a championship? Every single discussion I see about Aaron Rodgers or the Packers' regular season records, every single damn time I'm going to click on a comment section, I know the first thing I'm going to see is, yeah, well, he only has one Super Bowl. Yeah, but it hasn't led to any Super Bowl rings. I know it's the first thing I'm going to see. Every single time. There's 32 teams in the NFL. There's 30 teams in the NBA. There's 30 teams in Major League Baseball. 29, 29, and 31 teams don't win championships every single season. And you're going to tell me that none of those fans have fun because their season didn't end in championships? That's bullshit. You want to know what those people are called? Casuals. They are called casuals, Tyler. I don't. I, I'm. Not, I'm choosing not to let them make me upset because, first of all, with the internet and social media, people aren't scared to say anything because they're behind mm-hmm. the cell phone, right? So we don't. We don't have to have this conversation face to face. And I'm not suggesting that violence is going to happen. I'm just saying that people aren't scared to say what they feel, right? Second of all, with that being said, a lot of people troll. Okay. I know that's so dumb too. Like, is, you're literally just wasting people's time. I know. When when I comment on something. And, like, I'm being serious uh, to their, like, comment, and I don't know if they're trolling it, right? And they'll comment something back, and then it's, like, something really stupid. I'm like, yeah, they're being a freaking idiot right now. So I'm just going to see my way. I know. And that's that's where, that's where like, I, I have a personal rule that I don't argue with idiots. And I break that rule so many times. Oh, my, I hate it that I do it. Um, Matt said the run the table season was one of the best seasons I've ever got to experience across all sports, and it didn't end in a championship. Got me through a tough breakup, too. That's like thank you for sharing that first of all because that's like oh, a really personal so. thing. So like, that's that's the thing like the like the R E L A X thing. That's that's been a cultural thing like the Bucks in six thing that Brandon Jennings started for the culture. Like that baby. that's yeah that's culture stuff. That's all of this buildup will eventually lead to a championship. Eventually, mm-hmm. ask a Cubs fan if they didn't enjoy watching the Cubs for a hundred and eight years. And say that their championship, you know, finally made all that time worth it. So, you know, the you know, Rodgers has four MVPs. The Packers are the first team to win thirty-nine regular season games in three consecutive se- you know, in three seasons. And because it hasn't ended in a championship, fans are unhappy. 
and I get that being in, um, you know, being in the playoffs for the Bucks, the Brewers, and the Packers so many times consecutively that it 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 raises the expectations. And I understand that that the expectation is after you make deep playoff runs that the next expectation is to win championships, especially when you have MVP caliber players on all of the teams. I understand mm-hmm. that, but like I said. 29 teams in Major League Baseball, 29 teams in the NBA, and 31 teams in the NFL don't win a championship every single season. Those people can still have fun. There's only one. It's it's still fun going through the ups and the downs. That's what makes the end result worth it, even if it isn't something that ends in a championship. Because 98% of all of the leagues don't make it to the championship and don't win championships. Oh, Matt's happily married now. That's awesome. First of all, Matt, appreciate that, like Tyler said. Second of all, Isaac, that is straight up facts, my guy. Straight up. And Bears fans are the worst. I'm always like, dude, you haven't won a Super Bowl in like 38 years. Shut the fuck up, okay? You sound like an idiot right now. I Oh, now, dude, I love the... All on, right, go on. ahead. First of all, I want to bring the Badgers into this conversation because when they went to the title game and they lost to Duke... That was easily one of the most fun basketball seasons I've ever watched in my entire Dude, life. Dude, that Kentucky I got to watch Frank- game. That was Kentucky awesome. game. Awesome. The Arizona oh. game when Decker was going crazy, bro. Are you yeah. serious? I still remember the feelings from that day. That was amazing. I remember watching the amazing. Kentucky game with my dad, and my dad was like, my dad went crazy when the Badgers beat Kentucky. Yeah, my was- dad was like, 38-1, 38-1. Like that, my dad was going crazy. And the Bucks ended the Warriors streak when the Warriors were undefeated not too long True. ago. Around the same time, actually. Now, I want to talk about something because, you know, Matt, brought, he brought some feelings up uh, about the run the table season. Uh, whenever we're out and about, right, me and my family, my girlfriend, I'll be like, hey, we got to be home at this time. Or, like, when we're playing something, like, we got to be home at this time so I can watch the game. Okay, when the Packers play at, at 3 or the Bucks play at noon, like, I'm like, hey, we got to be home so I can watch this. Okay, I want to watch this game. She's always like, sports, sports, sports. You you pick sports over me. I'm like, listen, sports don't cheat on me, and sports is there when I ask sports to be there, okay? That's final. We're not talking about this anymore. And ever <laughs> since then, she, she doesn't bring it up. <laughs> sports is there first. I'm sorry. <laughs> Take care uh, of yourself, yes. Kings. Yeah. Yes, Josh, the Cowboys <laughs> do win the Super Bowl every year in July. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's usually right before the new Madden comes out that that happens. Yeah. Um, um but the thing that i wanted to say is you know it's it's fun for for fans you know i get that there's trash talk involved and that's not going to go away and it's fun sometimes but at the end of the day it's more fun to trash talk with somebody that you actually respect instead of somebody who's just going to go "Ooh, you beat us big deal we have a guy who's in his second year and you guys have an mvp you beat backup quarterbacks like all of that or the, you wasted a four-time MVP, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and you only have one championship. And how many, like, careers have been wasted by other teams? Not everybody gets to win a championship. Adrian Peterson doesn't have a Super Bowl. Randy Moss doesn't have a Super Bowl with the Vikings. Um, Megatron doesn't have a Super Bowl. Stafford had to leave Detroit. Um, yeah, he doesn't have one with the Patriots either, or the Raiders. Um how many elite defenses have the Bears had in the last 20 years and no championships? You had Brian Urlacher, like one of the best middle linebackers ever. No hey, championship. Briggs. 
Put some respect Lance on Briggs. Lance Briggs. He was a stud for like, a few years. Um, you had a Tillman. defense. You had a defense that carried Mitchell Trubisky to a twelve and four season, and no championship. Yeah, you had you had like defensive year Khalil Mack. Yeah, dude. It's, yeah, I don't want to get into all that petty shit. And the the thing that like makes me angry is when we're talking and they try to let me like, oh no, this is what it says, so this is what it is, and I'm giving you context. I'm waiting for you to give me context on why you're mm-hmm. thinking that way. If you can't mm-hmm. give me context, I know that you're just an idiot. Plain and simple. Right. You well, got no, nothing to say. It's ignorance is what it is, really. Like, when it boils down to um, – this is something we're going to talk about on Friday when we do our bonus episode. Um, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert. But um, I want to talk about quarterback wins being a track stat for quarterbacks. Um, yeah, Tim, that, I mean, that's – I don't even know if you can help somebody that says that Goff's the best quarterback in the division. Um, he's he might be the fifth best quarterback in the division if I'm being if I'm being straight up. Um, yes, Matt Breeze is another good example. Um, uh, oh, but he has all those has yards with five thousand. Yeah, so he has all those seasons with five thousand passing yards. So he's great. He's he's awesome. The thing, the the narrative is that Rodgers has a bad playoff record despite having good stats. And, you know, the the Rodgers is a playoff choker thing. We've talked about that before. Like, Jake has debunked it. Um, The fact that wins are a track stat for quarterbacks when they don't affect all phases of the game. Like, and then somebody tries to argue that with you. Like, it's it's such a flawed uh, argument. That's where the context matters. It's like, yeah, Rodgers... Scored 38 points in a playoff game, but his defense gave up 44. But Rodgers is a playoff choker. Or this past this past year, when the special teams basically spotted San Francisco 10 points, like Rodgers, Rodgers could never be carried. But Brady is so amazing, despite being carried by defenses his whole career. He literally so, won Super Bowl while his team gave up three fucking points. Yeah, that is really really annoying that people don't bring that type of shit up. Yeah, they're like, oh, thirteen to ten. Rogers lost thirteen to ten. Brady literally won two Super Bowls from his fucking kicker, <laughs> and one because his defense gave up. Give me a break, dude. Seriously, Brady. I'm just so sick of the Brady versus Rogers shit. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's the that's unfortunately that's the landscape that he plays in. But the rings thing is such a flawed thing. And to to feel like to get back to the enjoy your journey discussion, like to feel that you can only have had fun during the season if it ends in a championship, like that's I just can't get behind that. Because like I said, then why watch the regular season? Why not just wait and tune into the playoffs and save yourself the time of watching regular season games if that's the way you feel? Because let me ask find a find a dolphins fan who's in their 40s and 50s and ask them if they enjoyed watching the Dan Marino led dolphins guarantee you the answer is sure yes sure they did sure they did i mean if you ask my dad right now if he enjoyed watching the bucks in the 80s he'll tell you yeah he yeah. loves he loves the bet. 80s bucks loves it Sidney moncrief dude mark dude Johnson. i love the i love the late 90s early 2000s bucks Fucking hey, Ray Allen, Big Dog, Tim Thomas, dude. We had yeah, Darvin Ham and Irvin Johnson and Sam Cassell. <laughs> we had man, we had a squad, man. Yeah, like that's. I mean, that he'd rather have Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart. Oh my Smart. god! 
We're not doing that today, Matt. You're not pissing me off that bad today, bud. Uh-uh. <laughs> We're not doing that. Uh, TJ Ford wasn't drafted until 2003, so he was part of the next the TJ next batch. Ford. So, so no, no TJ Ford showed up. He's he was part of the next batch. All right. You know why Isaac well, likes him is because he was like six feet tall and his shorts were five eleven. That's why. Yeah. That's why Isaac likes him so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't get over that picture. Now I got to show everybody. <laughs> going, so, so the thing here is enjoy the journey. Um, there's gonna be there's gonna be fun moments during seasons. There's gonna be not fun moments during seasons. Like yeah, the Brewers have lost. I think it's like ten out of twelve and eleven out of thirteen or something like that. And there's still five games over five hundred. Yeah, there's ninety nine games left in the season. If the Brewers won sixty out of ninety nine. They'd have a 94 win season. That's a damn good year. That's almost. I gotta check my prediction. I, I might have. I think I predicted well, 95. I think I predicted 95 actually. I think I did like 96. Um. So Dan has a reach headband. I bet he does. Ah, <laughs> Dan has a reach. I'll never forget that one game he had in the playoffs against the Hawks, dude. When we were we were like the five seed or whatever. That one year when Boga was going crazy. Dan Godzarich had like like four blocks, dude. He was going crazy on defense. I, oh man, I was working at the Ostoff at that time, dude. I was like seventeen years old. Oh my god. Oh, that's awesome. All right, so the last discussion I want to have before we jump into the Brewers, if I see one more. Rival fan make fun of the Packers stock. I'm gonna lose my shit because it's such a dumb thing. And let me tell you that there are two. There's only two possible takeaways that you can have from this. If you may, <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome picture. Jacob probably fit in those shorts. Um, if you okay, so if you are a, picture you're a rival fan and you're gonna make fun of the Packers stock and be like, oh, the Packers fake stock, enjoy your fake stock. I've, I've discussed this before that you can drive past the stadium and see the new additions that are made onto them and the improvements and stuff like that. And you know, in your heart, you would know that you were a part of that. And in your brain, you could also say like, yeah, I paid three hundred dollars for my my stock sheet, and it went into helping create that it went help uh towards putting a giant jumbotron in the stadium now when a when a rival fan is like oh enjoy your fake stock let me ask you this this is the easiest question to ask somebody when they say that is if your team did that would you buy stock because the answer is either yes because you're a fan in which case it's not a dumb thing at all and I'm going to circle back onto this in a second. Or the answer is no, and you're just not as big of a fan as other people are. Now, let me frame this real easy that if you're ever going to have this discussion with a Bears fan, super easy way to end this discussion in your favor. Ask them what Lambeau Field looks like, and ask them what Soldier Field looks like. Yeah, it's garbage. It is bad. Lambeau Field is still one of the most beautiful stadiums in the entire league. Like has the best fan atmosphere usually voted that way, um, and has been here since like like the fifties. And Soldier Field isn't. I don't think Soldier Field is much younger than that. And they're like, can we knock down this eyesore and build another one somewhere else? Yeah. The Packers do the stock sale, and they put that money into the stadium. 
and they continue to improve it. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly, Isaac. That's um, oh shit. It's so like Soldier field, field is so bad that they're trying to get out of it. It was nineteen twenty four. It's ninety eight years old. It says. Hmm. That's pretty old. I see. When was Lambo built? I believe it was fifty seven. So Lambo is yep fifty seven. So it was sixty five. And you know, I get that Soldier Field is older, but literally no improvements made onto the stadium since then. Like, if you had that stock option and your fans were as diehard as they act like they are when they're complaining about Rogers owning them, that they wouldn't buy that stock. You're really telling me you wouldn't? You really think it's a dumb thing? You're really telling me that if your fan base grouped together and was able to make improvements on your stadium, that you wouldn't be proud of that? I would. That's that's such a weird thing to try to like knock a fan base for. It's I, oh, I can't wrap my head around it that that you wouldn't do that if you had the option for your team. They're lying. They're straight up lying. That's what it is. Like you're either lying yeah. to yourself or you're not as big of a fan as you think you are. You tell me a city as big as Chicago wouldn't have thousands of people lining up to buy stock to help their team? Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to sit here and listen to you lie. <laughs> That's what it is. You're either lying to yourself or you're not as big of a fan as you say you are. <laughs> Roger's going to sell Soldier Field. They really the area too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's they true. I'm going to put this on here. We go, uh, we go ice skating every year there, man. That And they have a full football field there. Me and my stepson play football there. We race they, there. They just had they a concert a there last Saturday. Dude, it is awesome. The Lambo so field stuff. Simon is awesome. commented. He said they really built up the area around Lambo. It's a cool area. That's the Titletown district. Yeah, it's awesome. Kind of set the stage for the Deer district. Now Miller Park slash American Family Field is working on a beer district. So they're yeah, gonna put sir. stuff around Miller Park. I drove past Miller Park today. Actually, I had to drive down to Milwaukee for work. I drove past Miller Park. They're paving a bunch of new area. Probably to put more parking in because where some of the parking land or the parking yeah. lots are, yeah, they're going to be putting like restaurants and like venues in there. Like, um, it was Jason Derulo was just in Green Bay in like the Title Town area outside Lambeau Field for a free concert. I think it was last Saturday. So like, making the the entertainment district outside of the stadiums is is a cool thing too, and it's just another way for fans to be in around and near. The stadiums so this is random a little off topic if you guys like packers family night i just got the notification it is set august 5th friday august 5th so take your kids to that i've always wanted to bring uh my stepson there but he's not a packers fan he's a patriots fan sadly but it would still be cool for him to see lambo and be inside the football field so you can kind of experience that That's yeah but it's a fan experience that's what it is um the stock money goes to making the fan experience a good one um, and yeah, like, yeah, like we keep saying, if somebody says they wouldn't do it, it's either a lie, you're lying to yourself, or you're not as diehard of a fan as you think you are. So I know that we're kind of, you know, going at the rivals, but I do want to say there are some pretty special Packers fans out there and they make, they make it hard for us to comment on things sometimes because they, they group us all together. So. That's why we created mm-hmm. our show, so we can all become smarter and say the right things, and we can all own the Bears, Vikings, and Lions together. So let's be smarter, people. 
Yes, oh. and we can we can all take a step back and get some perspective on things too. Like we're yeah. gonna we're gonna start with the second and third games of the Phillies series, and then we're gonna talk about the National series that contributed to the <sighs> eight game losing streak. So we have six games to talk about, of which the Brewers lost five, and we are still gonna try to talk about positive takeaways, constructive criticism, and how we can go about improving some of the things that need to be worked on. So we, we took a step back. We realized the Brewers are on a slump. It happens to every team at some point where players and teams slump. And they get out of it. And there are ways that you can look at things with perspective and say, hey, this, like Adrian Hauser, for an example, because he pitched last night. Adrian Hauser struggled. It doesn't automatically mean that Adrian Hauser sucks. I had to do this with Devin Williams at the beginning of the season when people were freaking out after his first two appearances that he gave up like six runs, and the sample size is like the size of a grain of sand of him struggling, and then there's like an entire beach of Devin Williams being a beast, and people are like, oh, I picked up this grain of sand, and this grain of sand sucks. But the rest of this beach is really nice. Like, what? (laughs) That makes no sense. The small sample size thing. Like, oh, man, it drives me insane. Tyler, it's easier for people to complain about something than to try to be positive when they know that their team lost. It's just easier, honestly. I'm most concerned about is Burns, Hauser, bounce back. Well, last night, but the offense just didn't. Yeah, the offense, ah, man, that's going to be tough. I'm going to wait for Tyler's opinion on the, well, what I mean, the offense needs to change because I'm, I'm excited to see how you break this down, man. Really good thing with Corbin Burns is we get to find out, um, you know, again um, tonight. So we get to see him again tonight. Um, the you know uh, it was Will Salmon. He's the writer for the Athletic for the Brewers. Um, he tweeted it out. It was almost the exact same time last season that Burns had two really clunker outings. Almost the exact same time of the year as last year, and obviously we know how last year ended for Burns. Okay, so let's talk about, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take it. Um, I know, I mean, his ERA is up to, like, 253, which, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> yeah, we should probably trade him while he's still got value. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's like, probably said that in the universe. Which I is insane. guarantee you, I guarantee you people have said that. Oh, God. Um, yeah, 99 games to go, and I bet there's people that want to kick off a full-scale rebuild. Okay, so let's start with last Wednesday's game. Let's start with the second game of the Philly series. Uh, what are you looking at from that game? Well, when you look at the box score, um, you're looking at it and you're like, man, 10-0. to Brewers only got four hits. They struck out seven times. This really, I mean, the thing that was most surprising to me when I was doing all my stats is how many pitchers went eight innings against us this week. Like, what the hell? Like we're like not worth <laughs> Yeah, that's that's insane for a week of games, man. That's half the games. Um he said the fact they still have the ERA of two fifty three after those two starts is nuts. Yeah, it is. It really is. And that's kinda where yeah. our sarcastic tone comes into a play. Yeah. <laughs> um coping mechanism. Yeah, Hauser <laughs> he wasn't great, you know, we talked about it. he's had a couple two or three starts in a row now where he just hasn't been good. And to me, this is the thing that I noticed. I don't know if you noticed the same thing. It seems like it's a mental thing for him now. 
where he's kind of where some one thing happens in the game, and this happens all the time to basketball players, right? This is the, the example I'm going to use. They'll miss a free throw, and yeah, and they have to be. It has to be a routine. They'll miss a free throw a certain way, and they'll be like, ah, oh, damn. So then they'll try to overcompensate. Like if they miss it short, they'll shoot it long, and that's just kind of how it happens. What I thought I saw is Hauser. He had his his one walk. He walked a guy. He gave up the home run, and that was where the wheels fell off. That's my opinion. I don't know if you agree with me or not. So that's that's what it is. It's the snowball effect. Yeah. So it it's it's momentum in a in a bad way that builds. You know, momentum is a thing. You know, it's like when guys are in the zone, like you know, that momentum builds, that confidence builds. It happens the same way in reverse. And this yeah. is the this is another area where we can remind you that athletes are people. They are people. They are susceptible to feelings of doubt and you know, like a, a you know, a stretch of, of low self esteem. Like, um, like I shared videos of uh, Christian Yelich last week and a pictures of Lorenzo Kane talking about their struggles. You can see it in their body language that they don't like how they're playing. Mm-hmm. You you being on Facebook saying we need to DFA Kane and trade Yelich. He's never going to be the same as he was. That that you don't think that they know that they're struggling. And like Jake said, you know, you give up the, the walk and the home run and like the feels like the wheels fall off. I guarantee you that's a confidence thing up here. No, hundred percent. It's that's a thing where it's it's a super hard thing. And you know, some of the like the greatest pitchers and stuff will have this this mindset where you can forget about the last play. That's something that I don't think a majority of fans can do is that they can't forget the bad stuff that just happened and try to focus on doing the right stuff now. And that's a, a, a trait that really high-performance athletes have. Like I, like, I guarantee you, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, like, I guarantee you they do not have a single thought about the last shot that they missed when they're taking their next shot. I guarantee you, like, I, I would be willing to bet that Corbin Burns has this mindset. I know Josh Hader does after listening to him talk after blowing his first save last week mm-hmm. is that they're already focused on the next thing. And that the only thing that they're trying to take away from their struggles is how they can improve what I did wrong, how to make it better. Right. Okay. Now here, here's where I'm going to get a little deep on you. Imagine if you did that as a fan or a person, imagine after the Brewers eight game losing streak, you as a fan could say, what have I been, you know, what have I been frustrated with or, or complaining about what could improve from that ask yourself the thing like what could improve that's kind of what led to um the 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 new segment quote unquote that jake and i are going to do today is we're going to talk about how these things can improve athletes do it now you can do it as a person too like if you're struggling with something in your life like look at it and ask yourself how you can improve uh, I have a th- I have a bad joke. Can I say my joke? Go for it. All right. I know what Hauser needs. He needs to go in one of those massage parlors that Deshaun Watson's no. going to. Definitely get a little more relaxed then. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, bro. I was thinking about it when I was, when you were like, "Oh, let's do uh, positive takeaways." I was like, "I know how he can relax. <laughs> I know a way." <laughs> I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was so inappropriate. <laughs> Um, Matt said, "I want to give Kane a, Kane a hug. I hate seeing him go out like this. I hope he bounces back." Yeah, Kane's one of the he's best. He's got dudes the he's got the capability. 
Yeah. So like, you know, I I said this to one of my coworkers today. I'm like, so the Brewers, it feels like are all slumping at the same time. Yeah. Imagine they all break their slumps at the same time. Yeah, we'll win what if around. everybody gets hot at the exact same time and the Brewers rip off like a ten game winning streak and they're winning like all the games like nine to two and ten to zero and shit. Like it's that's the the law of large numbers would suggest that that will happen. I know um, when they should do that. They should do that in October. That's when they should do that. I mean, I'm with it. Like like September, <laughs> you can call it Craig Timber because the Brewers have been so good in September with Craig Council. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like the Brewers are, I think, two and a half games back of the Cardinals in the middle of June. Yeah, they've uh, been two and a half games back on like September twenty third, and pulled into a tie with the Cubs and forced a hundred and sixty third game. That was awesome, by the way. Also, and the season year. didn't end in a championship. Also, another year, yeah, and I had fun in the regular season, yeah. I dude, I lost my shit when Brandon Woodruff hit a home run off Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, that was didn't fire, a championship dude. that season either. Yeah, we lost that series too, but it is what it is. Yeah, Matt, the Braves last year. I've used that example of talking to people. Um, the Braves last year were under five hundred at the All Star break. Yep. The, like I said at the beginning of the show, the Brewers have lost like eleven of thirteen, and they're still five games over. And people want to sell and say this team's not going anywhere. This team sucks and fire Council. It's really irritating. So the Brewers, like Jake said, had four hits. Rowdy hit two of them. Um, So this is something I I looked a little into because I wanted to bring it up for things that we're going to improve. So I'm going to get back to this later. Um, Willie Adamas, Luis Urias, and Christian Yelich twice are the only players that saw six pitches in the second game of that Philly series. Nobody else saw more than six pitches in an at-bat. That's bad. Um, unfortunately, it's a theme. But looking at that second game of that series, um, a positive takeaway that I had from that game, uh, Willie Adamas was back, which is definitely a positive takeaway. He's a clubhouse glue guy. Um, he's got everybody eating blow pops in the <laughs> dugout. Um, so he was back. Um, unfortunately, he did strike out three times. But the team as a whole only struck out seven times. So that is a positive takeaway. On the on the season, the Brewers average 8.79 strikeouts. So, I know. that's I'm going to talk about that. Uh, on the season, the Brewers average 8.79 strikeouts. In that Phillies game, they only had seven, so they were below their average on strikeouts. Um, Willie Adamas was back. And Luke Barker did get his first career Major League Baseball strikeout. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. He, he struggled at times, but he got his first career strikeout. That's still a happy moment, whether you win or lose. So let's move on to the third game of that Philly series, and I will let Jake talk again. Well, we hit the ball in this game, had 11 hits, so that was definitely a positive. Um, Yelich hit the ball a couple times. I mean, I like I just love Kristen Yelich so much because of his MVP years that, like, when I see him go two for four, I'm, like, really happy. I'm, like, maybe he's about to turn a corner. I know, you know? Right? And, like, I want it so bad. And then I saw him hit the home run and against the Nationals. He, he smoked that ball. Yeah, he did. I got some stats and, on that one when we get to that I was I was like, oh, my God, he's going to fucking get back to form and then that's going to get Renfro going and it's going to get Telez going again. And Willie Adams will get going when he, you know, gets more acclimated into the game again because he was out for a long time. I don't expect him to come back and go – Four for five. I mean, he had yeah. a really good game this week too. 
he basically won that that one uh, game against Nationals where we won four yeah, and one. He, he had drove three out of four. Yeah, yeah, he had three RBIs. Um, but you know, to this game, my positive outlook is just you know they hit the ball, they got on base a little bit more. I like seeing that. Obviously, the thing that I don't like that happened a lot this week, and I'm going to bring it up consistently. We just gave up so many home runs, dude. How, how are we just like missing spots that bad? I don't understand. Like, like the the second game that we talked about, there was four home runs. This game, they hit week three home. Like, people are just teeing off on us. We're, we're leaving the ball over the meat of the plate. It's just like there's, and then on top of that, we're getting unlucky with some hits. I mean, just you know things yeah. happen and they lead to other bad things and that's just how it goes sometimes that's baseball man i was just gonna say like baseball can be a really cool game at times and it could also be like a kick in the pants other times yeah, yeah. and Wait. Yeah, yeah 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 like baseball is a sport too where like part this is a really hard concept to wrap the mind around but baseball is a sport where you can fail 70 percent of the time and be considered really good at your job yeah right so that's that. Um, like Jake said, it's good to see Willie Adamas and Retro, um, the injured players, back and hitting home runs. Uh, Christian Yelich was on base three times. I'm going to talk kind of a lot about Yelich in this last week. Uh, Victor Caratini had three hits. The Brewers as a team had 15 total base runners yeah. in the third game of that series. So, like, that's that's good to see. Um, this game, like Jake mentioned, the unlucky hits, like, D, like Didi Gregorius – Get yeah. a check swing that the ball hit the bat and <laughs> went down the third baseline. Like, that's that's not something that happens more than pff, twice a season in the entire league. Yeah. And, and it happened to the Brewers during a losing streak. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show, and I was like, yeah, people, people will take perfect time swings, smoke the ball, and it'll just slice left. And you're like, how the hell did this guy check swing out of the strike zone? Basically by his face, because you know he was like, "Oh shit, that's too high," and he was trying to stop, and yeah. it just goes for an RBI. It's like ah, that's just the shit that happens in the losing streaks, man. <clears throat> um, Victor Caratini did have a pass ball. Um, Corbin Burns struck out Kyle Schwarber, and the ball got past Caratini. Schwarber reached on a strikeout, and then it came around to score. That's like that's shit. another thing that's just so rare that it happens in baseball, but it does occasionally happen. And those two things happen in the exact same game. Yeah, man. That's that's just, like I said, that's shit that happens during a losing streak where you're like, you can't explain it. It just just happens. Yeah. So um, Tyrone Taylor did miss a ball that he dove for. That got by him almost to the wall. Like it, It's just like an everything at once kind of situation. Now, when it I understand forward, that man. it's really easy to get into the, oh, my God, everything sucks, like everything bad is happening to the Brewers. Just flip the page and imagine the exact opposite happening. Um, yes, Tim, I will talk about that because it, it's it's such an unlucky thing. Tim brought up how about the RBI double by the Mets that just barely made it past the grass behind second. It barely made it past the grass behind second because Adrian Hauser tried to stop it, and it bounced off the tip of a glove and Urias didn't think that Hauser was going to get his hand on it. If Hauser doesn't touch it, which obviously he doesn't know, Urias is right behind him and Hauser's trying to make a play. You don't fault effort. That's a thing in all sports. You don't fault effort. Mm -hmm. Um, Hauser tried to make a play. It bounces off his glove into the outfield. Urias was making a break on it. Whereas if that ball gets by Hauser and Urias is right there, it's a ground out. 
but it turns into an RBI double. Like all of that stuff is happening to a, a situation where the Brewers are also dealing with a shit ton of injuries, a bunch of debuts. Um, Jason Alexander was my um, power pair pitcher of the week last week. He's he's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. And we're probably going to get to see him one more time. Um, that's really some of those good. plays that Taylor messed up. Felt like plays caused by pressing too much from trying to make something happen. I that's absolutely possible. Um, you know, like I said, like these are people too. They're not just you know names and numbers on jerseys. They're people. So, you know, they feel pressure. I guarantee you they do. Uh, Rowdy Telez was talking about it. You know, he's talking about um, he was on like MLB TV and he said, you know, it sucks where the guys in the middle of the order, including me, aren't getting it done. So, like, they know they they know these things aren't going the way they want them to. They don't need somebody to tell them that on Facebook. And it goes a lot deeper than Rowdy Telez sucks. I guarantee you he's spending time watching videos of his at-bats and looking at his mechanics and looking at the pitches that he's swinging at and, you know, looking at the pitchers that he's going to face. Like, it's so much deeper than this guy sucks. I agree. So, all right, let's move to let's move to the Nationals series. Let's talk about the first game of the Nationals series. I'm going to need you to bring back to Tyler that says context matters. For this, for this, oh, for I'm the, here. For, for the rest of this episode, I'm going to need that, Tyler, because it really matters. All right. Well, this first one, um, oh, man, Ashby, man, 13 hits. You're allowed to have a stinker every once in a while. Like we said, yep, everybody's everybody's kind of in a slump at the same time, man. And, you know, Tyler just said that he's earned it, and I agree. He's been so good. Uh, he's met ex- expectations, maybe exceeded them to some point. It was nice to see some guys, you know, get uh, get get some hits again. I mean, we had seven hits, but the Nationals had 19 hits, so that's that's not good. Um, we were they were basically teeing off on us. Uh, the first three games that we covered, see, it wasn't even teeing off. Here's some context for you. There we Actually go. We got a ton of ground balls in this game. Ton of ground balls, like they just kept going in perfect places in between fielders. Um, Luis Urias almost had one. Um, it was one right up the third baseline, uh, one that just went perfectly in between the third baseman and the shortstop. Um, Ashby, he gave up a lot of soft contact. Like the the first earned run that um, Nelson Cruz drove in was like off the end of the bat that just went like up and then dropped into the shallow outfield. Like that happened like four times in this game, just really soft contact that just dropped in for hits. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to touch on this a little bit later when I talk about some of the things that the Brewers can improve, but um, Ashby went four and two thirds. He gave up the 13 hits for a guy that struggled with his command as much as Ashby has at times. He only walked one batter. That's so you're looking true. for a positive takeaway. Only one walk from Ashby is a good thing, especially when he throws five different pitches to try to control five different pitches that all move differently and at different speeds. Like to only come out of that with one walk is a pretty good thing. I would say like, I get that they'll, a lot of that is guys that were swinging at pitches, but um, still to come out of that with only one walk, um, only had two strikeouts. The Brewers as a team only struck out six batters, but the Brewers themselves struck out 10 times and only drew four walks. And they were yep. all in the first five innings and the first batter of the six, which was Roddy Telez. This is another game where nobody on the Brewers saw more than six pitches. 
This is gonna. This is a theme. Unfortunately, that is annoying. Nobody, that is so annoying. What's very hell? annoying? What the um, hell? Six pitches? That's not. You're not even comfortable sometimes, man. Yeah, like yeah. Um, Jan said, "You guys have great insight. Love that you're so positive. We appreciate that. That's what we're doing here. That's that's the stance that we've taken, and that's the the hill we're gonna die on." As far as yeah. our show is concerned. If we're the only two um, on there, I say, fuck it, man. Well done. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. That's, I mean, if we can, if we can positively impact even one person, which I know based on some of the stuff that Matt has said that I can say we've, we've affected at least one person that can take a positive outlook, apply it to their sports teams. And if that can trickle into their life and affect somebody's life in a positive way, like, I could die happy. Like that's that's cool for me. So this is the game, uh, first game of the national series. Andrew McCutcheon had three hits. Christian Yelich had two hits, and Brent Suter had a scoreless inning. So Brent Suter kind of been struggling. If Brent Suter can build some momentum, that would be a huge deal for some of the bullpen depth that the Brewers are struggling with. Uh, Miguel Sanchez did give up four and runs in this game. Barker gave one up. Um, the Brewers. The Brewers are fifth in strikeouts, tenth in walks. Brewers just need to strike out less, and like I'm not necessarily they need to draw more walks, but it would help their on base percentage if they did. Um, uh, it would yeah. help a lot if they would strike out less. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but um, let's talk about the second game of the National Series. Second game was actually, you know. I mean, Lauer had a little bit of a rough game, and, you know, he's another guy that's earned it. He's had a mm-hmm. couple of rough outings now this year, but he's been so damn good and consistent, you know, at the start this year. I mean, I, I give him a pass. Uh, this game, this was the, the Yelly game where he hit a home run to lead off the game. Um, Urias had a homer. Matthias, homer. Two RBIs for Matthias, two RBI Urias. Kane had an RBI, so this was actually a fun game to watch. Uh, this is one of the few games I actually got to sit down and watch, so that was nice. Um, I was camping all week. It was my girlfriend's birthday on Friday, if anybody didn't know. That's why I had a miss last week. So doing a little family time, daughter's first time on the beach. Um, she's a baby, so you can probably guess what she was trying to do. She was trying to eat the sand. Eat the sand. So, yeah, that was, that was fun <laughs> um, until we started building sand castles and stuff. So then, then she really got into it, and she – just like to destroy them all, so that was that. Um, oh, jeez, I'm just going crazy. Easy, bud. Yeah, right, well, well, Jake fixes himself. I'm going to give the stats on Yelich's home run. 108 miles an hour off the bat, so he smoked the ball. 422 feet. Jesus. Yeah, he he tattooed that baseball. Um, I like the bullpen in this game. They were really good, in my opinion. That's my positive takeaway is how good the bullpen was in this game. They didn't give up any earned sure. runs. They only gave up two hits. Uh, no, uh, One strikeout. Williams said one strikeout. But, you know, no earned runs, and they went three innings without giving up anything. So, yep. well, that was my positive takeaway from this game. Yeah, so that's Strzelecki, Milner, and Devin Williams all had a scoreless inning in this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Jake said, Luis Urias, seeing him hit a home run after having a really tough home stand. Uh, hopefully that's like a slump buster for him. Um, and Luis Urias can get back to getting on base a ton like he did when he came off of his injury. Uh, like Jake said, Eric Lauer has done enough to have earned being able to have a bad game once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, five innings, seven hits. The four walks are the thing that jumped out to me. 
Um, two of them did come around to score. So one of them actually forced a run in. And in a game that the Brewers lost by two, it's really an unfortunate thing that that's how that ended up. Um, so the the home runs thing, um, you gave up back-to-back-to-back home runs at one point in this game. Um, and with that, was Eric Lauer was getting behind in counts. Um, the, the third one that he gave up was down to a was a 1-2 count, and he was just trying to get a – or a other way around. It was a 1-2-1 one, one count, and he's trying to get the count back even, and the ball got hit out because he's trying to get a strike back. He's trying to get back into the count. Um, this thing, nine left on base, um, four in scoring position. So, again, in a game you lost by two, leaving four guys in scoring position – having four walks, two of which scored, one of which forced a run in. Um, that's one of those things where the context matters. You know, those things, if you can correct even these things that are just small things here and there, could end up making the difference in some of these games. Very true. This this was the game also where I was watching and you see the recent history. That we had. This was the game where you're watching it and you're just like, yeah, the Brewers are about to turn the corner because they played much better. They look like a better baseball team this day, in my opinion. They didn't so look like the Brewers that were losing all the games. Yeah, I want to throw out two more things. Um, one of which, being a positive takeaway, Mark Mathias hit his first career home run. Yep. I could not be happier for him. Like He had a shoulder injury that kept him out all of last season. Like He said he was considering retirement, never thought he'd make it back to the big leagues. And here he is hitting dingers, and now he's playing second base a ton because Colton Wong's on the injured list. Yeah. Like, I seriously, I couldn't be happier for Mark Mathias, so it's awesome to see him get his first career home run. Yep. Um, and then in the second game of the series, only five strikeouts. Yeah. Putting the ball in play, that's a big deal. Yeah. So I'll, I'm just going to tell you the same thing I said last week. I would, I would rather have a guy ground into a double play by trying to make contact than to just strike out. Because when you put a ball in play, it's not guaranteed that it's going to turn into a double play. That's like the defense still has to make those two plays to get those outs, and you know it could it could have turned into a hit or it could you know be a fielder's like a choice or bounce. whatever. You never know, man. Right? Um, could force an error if you know if the ball gets over the say it gets over the first baseman, rolls into the dugout, then everybody gets one more base. All of that is all more possible than if a guy strikes out. Yep. I guarantee you errors are more common than guys reaching on strikeouts. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would, I would bet any amount of money on that um, just because I know guys reaching on strikeouts almost never happens. But So let's go, to, let's go to the game that broke the streak, the final game of the National Series. Jason Alexander. He was uh, my power pair pitcher last week while you were gone. No, that was a great choice, in my opinion. Um, Jason, I know a few Jasons, like them all. I know an Alexander, I like that guy too. <laughs> so you combine those two things together, and I like Jason Alexander. This guy's got the stuff, man. He just, to me, he just seems <laughs> that like such, a, That was such a weird chain of thought that you just, like, rolled down the tracks hey, with. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm just going. I'm not even thinking at this point, bro. I'm just going. I'm just going. Oh, um, awesome. Jason Alexander is a gamer, bro. Seriously, that's that's what I think of him. When I when I think of Jason Alexander, I'm like, 
This guy's a gamer, bro. He just comes and he's like, oh shit, it's my day. Let's fucking go, bro. Like, let's get a bunch like of ground that. balls. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's that guy, you know. Don't uh, put Kesson here at second base today. We're able to get a bunch of ground balls. <laughs> man, for real. <laughs> um, he had se- he gave up seven hits, but the one earned, man, and he, that was he's, such a so, beautiful thing. Okay, to see. seven the seven hits thing. I wanted to touch on this. I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, a guy who gets that much contact is going to give up hits because he's giving up tons of contact. He's not going up to strike guys out. He's going up because he wants you to put the ball in play. That, okay. see, see, Continue. this this is where I tell people, I come up with ideas and I text Tyler, and Tyler's just like, hmm, what if we do this? And he just, like, shapes it into something beautiful. And I'm like, that's why we're friends, dude. That's why we're friends. Um, but anyways, Alexander, man, he's been great. Milner was good this game. Boxberger was good. We, we had our nor- – this – looked like the Brewers, you know, and it ended in a win. Uh, he said, watch, it's so stressful, but a lot of fun. Yeah, man. He, he Dude, but, lot, like, he, the he thing with Jason Alexander is, like, you feel when he gets in jams, you feel like he can get out of it. That's what I'm telling you. He's a gamer. I'm thinking yeah. he does this shit on purpose, man. Right. It's like, this, yeah, dude, just, if I load the bases, that's just like four opportunities for a double play, man. Yeah, he's just like, you know what? <laughs> it's kind of boring with no nobody to look at on first. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, he also had three walks. It's like, that- it's like, uh, like Rob Schneider and bench warmers. He's like, hey, I just figured I'll keep this one in play. Give the infield a workout. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had, uh, like I was saying, we had, we had a hold. We had, we had Williams who had a hold, his 14th. Boxberger's 13th hold. And then we had Hader, who got saved number 19. Didn't give up a hit or an earned run. Um, three Ks. He was back to being Josh Hader after blowing that save, like Tyler said last week. So yep. this was a game. I mean, Willie Adamas had a homer, and McCutcheon hit a homer in this game. So uh, this just felt like a Brewers game. Now, this was the game where Willie Adamas had three RBIs, by the way, if you're keeping track at home. Um, so this this just felt like a, the Brewers were back, in my opinion. A lot yeah, of positives so- from this game. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say with Jason Alexander is if he can just lower his walks a little bit. Yep, yep. That's the only thing I can say about him. Other than that, like, keep doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, who the heck is Jason Alexander? Yeah, I'm like, I know he's a dude who gives up a ton of ground balls. Yep. And here he is getting lots of ground balls, and I'm here <laughs> for it. So, um, the way this worked out was Jason Alexander pitched four and two-thirds. Colby Miller came in to get the last out of the fifth and then pitched the sixth inning. This, like, you could not script this any better than the Brewers would want to. So they went from their starter to Hobie Milner, who has been very good this season. Uh, they went from Hobie Milner to Brad Boxberger in the seventh, Devin Williams in the eighth, Josh Hader in the ninth. That is the seven, eight, nine setup that you want to turn over a lead to, and you're going to win most of the games that that gets turned over to. You're going to win a lot of games, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hobie Milner gave up one hit. Devin Williams gave up one walk. That was the only two base runners that were allowed by the bullpen. Willie Adamas, Omar Narvaez, Tyrone Taylor had two hits each in this game. Um, I really didn't have any negative takeaways slash things that could be improved from this game. But looking out of positive takeaways, Jason Alexander worked out of bases loaded in the third um, and in the fifth inning and only gave him one run in those two situations. Uh, Willie Adamas hit his first home run since his injury or his first multi-hit game since his injury. Um, Colby Milner had a strikeout to end the fifth inning. That got out of a jam. Um, like I said, the, that base is loaded in the fifth inning. Um, Jace Alexander made one of the Wisco Fanatics plays of the week mm-hmm. in this game, making that catch along the tarp. Like, that's such a hard thing to do because you're looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up, making sure you don't run into that before you have a chance to catch the ball. Um, 
Josh Hader striking out the side, like Jake said. Um, and the Brewers ended the streak. And Craig Council tied Phil Garner for the most wins in franchise history. He made us wait a long time for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> long fucking time for that. Yeah. That was gonna be been, my last that was gonna be my last point that I brought up that he made us wait so long for that that bastard. Like that that would have been cool if that could have happened at home and they could have celebrated at home. Right. But you know, it is what it is. Like I'll take it as long as it happens. Let's just win. Just win, baby. Yeah. So um Jace Alexander is actually in the top ten of defensive third baseman in all of baseball. You mean Jace Peterson? Jace Peterson, what did I say? You said Jason Alexander. I was looking at his name on here. I was going to say, bro, if this guy's pitching and playing third base. Yeah, right. Yeah. And playing third base, yeah. Um, yeah we got the Jace, next show, hey. <laughs> Jace, yeah, Jace Peterson is in the top ten defensive third baseman in all of Major League Baseball. I love, I love me some Jace Peterson, man. He's he's a baller, man. I, man, I haven't seen somebody cool with a goatee in a long fucking time. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just kidding. Hey, you rock the full beard a lot now. Don't do that. I do now. You rocked the full be- hey, and, and how long? It took me that? a while. When I was like a teenager, like all I had was chin, and then I just had goatee, and now I got the whole thing. But Okay, for everybody at home, Tyler's talking about a teenager. I'm about to turn 30 in September, okay? Tyler's about to turn 29, so when I say a long time, it's a pretty long time, man. <laughs> all right, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about last night's game, and then we can, we can have some more positivity going in here Yeah, I did. after Actually, this. Yeah, last night's game. Mets are a pretty good team, man. Mets are uh, just like um, the Phillies. You know what? I forgot to bring that up. I forgot to do two things, first of all. Um, I forgot to bring up how the Phillies were on fire when we were cold as ice. So that was definitely a factor that came into it. And then I also wanted to pick on myself and say, for the last week, the Brewers look like me playing as the Brewers on Xbox. So I should probably stop doing that because I might be giving them bad luck. Because I end up with, like, 15 strikeouts and two hits. And I'm like, oh, let's go. I was fun. I had a lot of fun. Why did I have fun? <laughs> Why did I have fun? Yeah, at least you're enjoying the journey. Proud of you. I'm trying. <laughs> trying my best. Uh, last night, I mean, Hauser looked a little better. I mean, he still gave up to eight hits. But, like, you brought up a really great point talking about how, you know, he's a contact guy, so he's going to give up hits. He only yep. had the one walk, the three Ks. But – no offense, man. So it's as a pitcher, I can't. Dude, imagine, I know, feel so bad for Renfro. He hit one into the left center gap, and Nimmo just made a diving catch. Yeah. Like, like you tip sure. your cap to that guy. Pretty sure that was on top ten plays, if I remember. So wouldn't right. doubt it for a second. That was a really not as good game. as the one that the dude from the Red Sox made on Monday. I think. I didn't see that one. That was insane, dude. Made like a full extension, like he was in the air dive on a line drive ball i'll find it and send it to you it was I'll, nuts i'll have to see that yeah um i don't really have many i mean positive takeaways brett Suter looked really really good in my opinion mm-hmm. um kelly had a bounce back because he had a little mm-hmm. rough outing so other than that i mean we just gotta gotta get on base gotta score some runs i mean what do we end up in strikeouts we had eight strikeouts and three hits so that's really not the you know I would say probably about three weeks ago, I really started to dive into the pitchers' walks and their strikeouts. Now I'm going to have to do that with the team and, you know, see what that good ratio would be because you're going to strike out. You're not going to go zero strikeouts, right? Right. But preferably I'd like us to have, I don't know, around eight hits, you know, five walks, say we're getting on base. And I would like to keep the strikeouts on five, to be honest with you. Five and below yeah. I think would be a good um, I think the I think the lowest in the league is – like around six, 
around six. Yeah. So you know the Brewers, the Brewers. It would be nice to not be around nine a game. Like they're just shy of nine strikeouts a game. Yeah, that's It'd be horrible. nice to get that down. Yeah. That's horrible. If if the Brewers could get below seven point five, I'd be I'd be okay with that. Just because like um like, like Willie Adamas is a hard swinger. Um Christian Yelich is he gets tough calls, but he swings at some breaking balls that end up out of the zone. Um Luis Urias is a hard swinger. Um so like you know um, I've noticed that Jace Peterson at times is vulnerable um, to high fastballs. So, like, that that happens. Um, so, coming into this game, Bassett for the Mets had been struggling, like, like three or four bad starts in a row. Just because he's had four bad starts in a row doesn't mean he's going to have five. That is not a guarantee. Like, guys bounce back. It happens. Mm-hmm. For, for the for people to be like, oh, my God, this dude has sucked four games in a row, and then to expect him to just automatically not pitch well for a fifth game in a row. Like, these are still Major League Baseball players. They're not all going to suck every single time they pitch, especially ones that are actually good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, some tough bounces in this game. Hauser kind of got away from him in the first inning already. And then, like I mentioned, the, the ball that bounced off of his glove into the outfield, that's that's just a tough break. That stuff happens. It sucks when it does, but it happens. <coughs> and I actually think Hauser's a pretty good fielder for a pitcher. To be Dude, honest. I was just about to bring that up. Like, he had a ball that was hit right at him, and he yeah. snagged it. He's a pretty good fielder, man. He's got some good feet. Uh, Matt, thanks for, thanks for coming to watch us for a while. Um, Later, Matt. I feel like we've had a positive impact on Matt. I feel like we've had a positive impact on everybody except Tim because Tim's the worst. Tim still wants Julio Jones in the Packers, so uh, I don't know if I've got. Dude, when we get to like September, October, Tim's gonna have been watching our show for like two years. Tim, you're a goat, man. Also, we are gonna be more prepared this year. Talking about September on August, September area. Um, we're going to be more prepared for the fantasy football draft. Yeah, this year. yeah, that came together yeah. really last minute. We're gonna I can see Matt being in together. that too. Oh, um, that would be awesome. So with this too, um, Christian Yelich made a really good catch over his shoulder in left field. So yeah. if you want a positive takeaway, that's one. Um, the three grounding into double plays, three of those. Tim said it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Um. The Mets only had to face two batters over the minimum because of that, because of all the grounding and double plays. Um, and another thing here, this is another game. This happened four out of the six games that we're talking about. Um, no player saw more than six pitches in this game either. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's that, that's Tim, we're going to have to cook up another, one, another pie bed here pretty soon, I think. Yeah, I think the last one we did was for March Madness, and the person that got last was, like, somebody we didn't know. Yeah, we couldn't get a hold of him, yeah. Yep. We will – I'm going to think of – I will think of an idea tonight. That is my my assignment tonight, (laughs) to think of a pie bet idea. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I want Simon and Bryant included in this. Oh, we should do that. And I'm not going to say this out loud, but I'm going to say this out loud. I secretly want Bryant to lose because I think he'd be the funniest to watch get a pie in the face. 
Simon's a little bit more laid back, so you'd be kind of like, yeah, all right, just give me the pie. Where Brian's just going to bitch the entire time. And wham, let's go. <laughs> uh, I hope Brian listens to this tomorrow, and he's like, dude, what the hell? Come here, Brian. No, me and Brian have a great relationship because I feel like we both talk a lot of shit, man, and we both shoot from the hip. Uh, you and Simon are more alike because you're more analytical, and you th- you like add everything up before you respond. And I'm just like, Psh, I don't got time for that. I'm just going to say what I got to say. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, Dad, I won't give you pumpkin again. I won't give you pumpkin again, I promise. No more pumpkin. Oh, like a good old cinder block to the face that doesn't even oh. taste good. Boy, that was the Mike Tyson pie, baby. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. All right, so positive takeaways from last night's game. Christian Hodge made a really nice catch. Adrian Helzer made a cool catch. Um, like I said, the Brewers have lost 11 of their last 13 games. They're still five games over 500. Um, Brent Suter and Trevor Kelly combined for three and a third scoreless innings. Uh, so it's good to see. Actually, they didn't even give up a hit. Um, so it's good to see them potentially build some momentum. Um, also, with that, those two pitching three and a third innings, Boxberger didn't pitch last night. Milner didn't pitch last night. Devin Williams didn't pitch last night. Josh Hader didn't pitch last night. All those guys are available tonight because they didn't pitch yesterday. No, nope. That could potentially be something that factors into today. Um, so I think they're on. Like, are they on FS1 today? Fox Sports? I think they're on. FS1. I don't know. I have to watch them on alternative viewing sites because Bally Sports app sucks. Oh, I think they're on FS1 tonight for people that overpay for cable, like myself. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, do you do you want to look at things that can improve, or do you want to do the power pair first? Let's. I think we should do the power pair first because that's power pair first. Yeah. Let's power. Okay. Pair. All right. Do you do you have a position player? Do you want to talk about some position players? My position players are two people that I actually do need to improve. So let's do position players last because it'll transition into things that need okay. to improve. All right. Give me your pitcher then. All right, my pitcher. And you actually brought him up a lot today. And I know he didn't have a lot of opportunity because we were getting our butts whooped this week. But I picked Devin Williams because he's back. And I only That's a do very this good one. Mm-hmm. kind of to be a little petty. I'm not going to lie. I still have that side to me. But it's because people were bitching about him in the beginning of the year, you know, when he was coming back from injury and, you know, he was pitching pretty bad. He had two innings pitched. Yes, I know that's not a big, giant sample size. But if you're going to go after him for small sample sizes, I can give him credit for small sample sizes. That's just how this works. Um, Zero hits, zero walks, and two Ks. Devin Williams is Devin Williams again. That's all I got to say. You want a big sample size on Devin Williams? Give me a sample size. Oh, boy. Give me one. Since May 10th, he gave up three earned runs. To the Cincinnati Reds. Since then, he has pitched in 13 games. He's pitched 13 innings in those 13 games, only given up four hits, only given up three walks, and has 20 strikeouts in those yeah. last 13 appearances. He's gone over a month without giving up a run. <laughs> you ready for this one? His ERA in that time went from 525 to 263. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Devin Williams is Devin Williams again. That's why everybody freaking out. Shut up. Stop taking a grain of sand from the beach and saying this is what he is. (laughs) Damn. I agree. (sighs) Okay. So I had Devin Williams written down as a potential alternate in case you said my other one. My other one is Hobie Milner. So I saw – I don't know if this person was just dumb or ignorant or trolling or whatever, but somebody in a – Brewers group said, Hobie Milner sucks. And I'm like, he had a 270 ERA at the time. I'm like, what the 
I whatever. So <laughs> Holy Miller in the last weeks made three appearances, three and a third innings, only two hits, two walks, two strikeouts, no earned runs. His ERA is down to two forty five. Hobie Milner has not allowed an inherited runner to score. He has inherited 10 base runners. Not a single one has scored. He is every starting pitcher's favorite reliever. I can guarantee that. Be right. Um, He's only given up one earned run in his last 12 appearances. Wow, that's... Hobie Milner has been really fucking good, man. Like, plain and simple. People got to put a little bit of respect on Hobie Milner. Been good. All right. Well, I will do. I will go for a position player. My position player is actually Christian Yelich. Okay. Um, starting with last Wednesday, which I'm I'm glad you're back now because I can say that I called Christian Yelich moving up in the batting order and not down, and it's working mm-hmm. well because Christian Yelich is now on a seven game hitting streak dating back to last Tuesday, and since he's been batting leadoff, he's ten for twenty six. That's a 385 batting average. Yeah, imagine if he did that the whole year, people wouldn't be saying he sucks. Dude, he'd be the MVP easily if he batted 385 for the whole year. That'd be insane. Yeah. Um, it's only a week of a sample size compared to the two months of the season that's gone by so far. But if that continues and Yelich continues batting better and getting more hits out of the leadoff spot, like I said, the seven-game hitting streak, if he keeps doing well on the leadoff spot, I don't see why you don't keep him there. Um, I do think Luis Urias needs to be moved out of the cleanup spot. Like I think yeah. Renfro or Rowdy belong there. Um, yeah. and maybe bat Luis Urias second or third. Um, cause he does have some pop. He's got some pop. So, um, whether you're looking at like, like Yelich, Urias, um, Adamas, and then I would say either Rowdy Telez or Hunter Renfro. Um, that's what I would be looking at. And then you put a guy like Colton Wong down in the eight or nine hole. And that almost gives you two leadoff hitters. So I really like that idea. Okay. See, I like I like Yelich. I do like Urias in the second spot. You go lefty to righty. I like Willie because Willie can be an average guy and a power guy. He, he's just yep. cl- he's he's a baller straight up. Yep. And then I would go. I would probably go Renfro and then Rowdy. That would be my top five. After that, <sighs> I mean, you're basically after that. You're looking at Omar. Either Kane or Taylor, whoever's playing second base, whether it's Jace Peterson, I mean, or if it's Luis Urias, then you're looking at Jace Peterson at third base. But, um, and then you're looking at either Colton Wong or Tyrone Taylor, Lorenzo Kane. I mean, even you could throw Andrew McCutcheon in there to bat sixth. So, I mean, there's there's options in this lineup. Um, It's just they're all slumping at the same time. So, that's where I propose the thought like, what if it happens where they all get hot at the same time. That'd be hey, nuts. Be crazy, man. So one other guy I wanted to mention is Omar Narvaez is back. He's been back for three games. He has hits in all three. He's four for his last ten. So Omar Narvaez is batting four hundred in his last ten at bats since coming back from his COVID absence. Um so Jake wants to mention some position players and let's talk about some improvements that the Brewers can make because it's not fair to criticize and not offer suggestions on how to improve because that would just be complaining, essentially. Yeah. Um, so the first one, I'm going to talk about Willie Adamas. And both these players I do love. I've grown to love both of them. Uh, Willie do Adamas Willie Adamas is... second because I want to talk about him too. So do okay. Willie Adamas second. Come back okay, to him. So the first one I'll talk about is Hunter Renfro. Um, yeah. 
he's he's a guy that we brought in. He was the big acquisition this year. He's supposed to be a guy that is supposed to be a run producer. And I, keep I mean, in all him. fairness, we got him for Jackie Bradley Jr. So like, how much? We did, we did, we got him for pennies. And again, we're not we're not just gonna sit here and just like harp on him and just beat him down because that's not gonna be helpful. Um, he just needs to move up in the lineup. I'm gonna suggest the same thing that Tyler did with Yelly. I don't want to see Hunter Renfro batting like seventh. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like him down in the lineup like that. Yeah, he needs to be up with it because he's going to see better pitches that way too. You know, um, Council could do a little better job, a little better job with the substitutions, in my opinion. But I'm not a baseball manager, and I am nowhere near one, so I'm not going to suggest what he needs to do with that. Uh, but Renfro just needs to be a guy. Just needs to trust his bat. Uh, something that always used to calm me down, and this is talking about when I was a little kid, but little it, this is a good example because it worked. You know, little kids don't understand a lot of stuff that's going on, right? So when you're batting and you're, you're playing baseball as a little kid and you have two strikes on you, and, you know, my dad would call time, and, you know, me and you were on the same team, actually. My dad would come up to me, and he'd be like, listen, you don't need to press. I know you're, you're going to freak out because you have two strikes on you, but you got the bat. You're still in control. So the... They just need to calm down. They're still in. You're Hunter fucking Renfro, dude. You, you jacked 30 bombs last year, man. You have massive power. You don't need to overswing. I just want Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, all the guys just relax, man. Let's let's take a chill pill. Let's take a step back. Let's get back to the basics. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Let's get back to the basics and let's 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 make this thing happen. You know. All right. That is my suggestion. Talk, talk about Willie Adamas, though. Okay. So I brought them both up because they were both pretty horrible this week. Renfro was 3 for 24, and Willie Adamas was 3 for 20. Now, what I was going to say, and I'm still going to say, is I'm going a little lighter on Adamas because he's coming back off of a long injury. So you come off an injury, you do your little stint down in the double-A, triple-A, whatever the hell, you come back to the big leagues. That is a little eye-opening, in my opinion. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, I was just sitting on the bench, and yeah. You're watching the pitches, but there, that is a way of view than a white box. I'll tell you that right now. Um, people, you know, uh, there's a saying that goes around, everybody has a plan to they're punched in the mouth. That's basically what I'm trying to say. When you're up there and that 99 is coming at you, it's Dude. a little different than seeing it on the bench. <laughs> go, to, go to a batting cage near you and go put a quarter in the, the one that throws 85. Yeah. You don't even have to swing the bat. Just stand there and you know that ball is going to go straight. And just, just stand there and watch it go by once. Yeah. That's Brett Suter's fastball, who throws like one of the slowest fastballs in the league. Imagine that traveling 15 miles an hour faster okay. than 85. You brought it up. Now I gotta say it. Did you see that? Oh, I, you did see it because I showed it to you. You remember that shit the other day with the Cubs and the Yankees? The guy, <laughs> the guy threw the ball 39 miles per hour. 35 miles per hour. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. whacked, bro. Holy shit. I was like, whoa. Think about the power with that. You know, a lot of guys, yeah. you know, they, they hit homers because the ball's coming fast, so it's going to exit fast. 35 miles per hour. He, had a, he really had to put everything he had in that. That was crazy. Um, but Willie Adamas, man, I think he's just trying to, you know, because when he came over, he was a difference maker last year. You know, he came over and the Brewers just instantly turned it around. So in his mind, he's thinking like, oh, when I come back, we're just going to turn around. We're going to go crazy. Don't press. And that's what everybody on this team is doing, man. That's why I'm talking about getting back to basics and relaxing. and Just be Willie Adamas that we know, man. The smiling guy, the guy that's having a great time. He's kind of like, in my opinion, 
Gomez, how Gomez used to affect center field, where he was always smiling and he was. They were teammates in Tampa Bay for a little bit. That's how William effect is. Yeah. Carlos Gomez, I'm talking about, people don't know. Yep. Um, Carlos Gomez had a really, really, you know, massive, you know, effect on this Brewers team when he was here. On you the know, culture. He was always, yeah, always smiling, always happy. Remember the Niger Morgan years? Oh, now we're going to reminisce. I don't know. <laughs> um, and they didn't but, win championships those years, so no, we we're not allowed to have fun. fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but Willie, Willie is that guy for us. He is definitely the glue guy, definitely the clubhouse guy. So he yep. just needs to be himself. And everything will fall into the thing. So two guys, if we can get them going, I think a guy like Yelich will follow, and then a guy like McCutcheon can get hot again. Renfro, Garrius. I mean, those those guys can all snowball on on each other. I agree. <clears throat> and I agree with my dad. They only remember it's a game. Don't yeah. so much, man. Um. So with Willie Adams, the, the thing that I mentioned. So I mentioned during there was four of those six games where nobody saw more than six pitches in an at bat. Yeah. The thing that I would encourage with Willie Adamas is just be patient a little bit. Just be patient at the plate. So Willie Adamas, since he's been back, has struck out 16 times and only has one walk. Yeah. So I'd like to see Willie Adamas get deeper into some pitch counts. Um, you know, if he can get in ahead in a, in a count, you know, if a pitcher knows you're going up there aggressive, yeah, that's definitely something. Anybody that's watching the show in Wisconsin, we got some some crazy weather. We're actually under a tornado yeah. watch until like yeah, 10 we are. But, yeah, we are. Um, um, you know, if you if you go up to bat and a pitcher knows you're going to be overly aggressive, he's probably going to throw you two really shitty pitches the first two pitches that he throws you, just to see if he can get ahead of you. Just like me on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like you just want to swing at every pitch, right? Um. Oh, dude's watching from Hawaii. That's awesome. Oh, I do. I am jealous of that. Andrew's watching from Hawaii. Me I am too, man. Jealous. So, so it's probably it's warmer here than, than it is there, anyway. It's definitely more muggy. I'll tell you that. Um, dude, I gotta ask Andrew: is is all year round or people in bikinis all year round? I just gotta know. Just gotta know. <laughs> is that like I a research just... question or what? Yeah, yeah. I'm asking for a friend of a friend. A friend of a friend? Yeah. He said it is. <laughs> Are you a Packer fan? He said yes. <laughs> Good, man. Um, Good man. Are you from Hawaii or are you just watching from Hawaii? Oh, that's that's next level. Now, now we're doing an interview with Andrew. Who we just <laughs> yeah, right, we're, yeah, we're interviewing the commenters. <laughs> This is the best part of the show, though. This is the stuff. Hey, I the grease, the grease guy was back last week too. The the guy from Greece made another comment. I still don't know how to pronounce his name because he didn't tell me, but he was back, so he came back. So that's cool. So we have we have a fan from Greece that's coming back to watch. Hey, um, if he, if he gets us the Atatakum Bros, I'll be lit as hell. That would be fire, dude. Seriously. Um, he's from Wisconsin Air Force guy. Some station up there. That's awesome. You got the best pull of the bunch. That's all I'm going to tell you. You could have ended up in, like, Montana. But, no, you ended up in Hawaii. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, that's awesome. From Wisconsin Air Force guy. That's awesome. All right. So now that our interview with Andrew is over for now. um, interview soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Aside from William Adamas, there's four other things that I'm looking at for the Brewers to potentially improve on. Yeah. Bullpen depth, um, fewer walks from the pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, this ties into Burns being in trouble with two strikes at times. 
Um, the number of times the Brewers are striking out themselves and Adrian Hauser. So I don't know if there's any of those that you want to pick, or if Andrew wants to pick one, we can we can talk about them. But uh, we'll talk about all four. Andrew, you got a camera on that cell phone, boy? <laughs> Come on the show, man. Um, no, I'm gonna Magic, let you elaborate. I'm going to let you elaborate, and then I'm going to I'm going to add my comments in. I'm okay. going to let you have the floor right now. Which one do you want to pick? Pick one. Uh, Adrian Hauser. Start with Adrian. Okay, Hauser. we'll start with Hauser. He pitched last night, and he pitched last Wednesday. So, yep, yep. Um, with Adrian Hauser, the trouble that I'm seeing him get in, like we mentioned, he only gave up one walk in both of the games that he pitched. The trouble that he's getting in is by leaving pitches in the upper half of the strike zone. The Brewers of it as a team have been prioritizing keeping pitches down in the zone. The whole team is doing this, the entire pitching staff. So when the Brewers are getting in trouble, it's all in the top half of the strike zone. So that's my suggestion for Hauser is to keep the ball down, especially for a guy like Hauser that gives up a lot of contact. When you give up a lot of contact and you're giving it up between the belt and the letters, that's the wheelhouse. The bottom of the zone is the area you have to protect. That's where you get those ground balls. That's where you get soft contact. That's where if you get a guy going down to try to reach on a ball, you can get pop-ups. So if Adrian Hauser, a guy who gives up a lot of contact, can keep the ball in the bottom half of the zone, that's where he needs to operate. The home run that he gave up, um, yesterday I don't remember who he gave up the home run to. Um, I think it was McNeil or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Um, the home run that he gave up was, was a pitch that, like, if my hand is the strike zone, it was up here. Like, it was in the upper third of the strike zone. Um, those, like, for a guy like Adrian Hauser that gives up a lot of contact, that that's that's just a home run derby pitch at that point is what it is. Um, unless it's going to move 18 inches, but Hauser's not, Hauser's not that guy that, that, that has oh, that. Oh, no home, no home runs yesterday. Um, maybe it, double. Double maybe you're talking about. Was it the double? Or maybe, maybe it was, it was from, from it last was, Wednesday. It was McMillan, um, yeah. Two RBI double. I think Alonzo had a double on him last night too, but um, I don't remember. It was Nemo. 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 Yeah. Nemo. The one that, yeah, the one the pitch that got him in trouble was in the top third of the strike zone, and that was the pitch that got lasered. So that's my suggestion. My by how to improve for Adrian Hauser is to keep the ball in the bottom half of the strike zone. Well, Kelly did that too. I don't remember what game it was, but. You know, he has kind of that sidearm action when he throws mm-hmm. the ball. But you could tell right when his left left his hand, it was going to be up. And the batter knew that too. And, I, oh, God. I believe that's kind of how all of – when you pitch that Philly. direction, that's kind of how all of them go. They all kind of rise because you're throwing from such a low angle. Yeah. He left one, like, right here, right in the freaking meat of the plate. And, that, and it was a guy – I think it was against the Phillies. The guy Might have been Miguel Sanchez. Absolutely just murdered it. And it was just like, wow. I was like, that's bad. <laughs> anyway. All right. So we got bullpen depth, fewer walks, and striking out. Bullpen depth. All right. So bullpen depth, uh, it came around in the, f- the second game of the Phillies series. Um, Suter gave up a run. That was the game that Barker gave up for um, bullpen depth. Came up in the third game of that series when Trevor Kelly gave up home runs to Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. Mm-hmm. Came up in the first game of the National Series where um, Miguel Sanchez gave up four earned runs. So a couple things that I'm looking at here. One, I'm going to double down on one thing I said last week. 
that when Brandon Woodruff comes back, that Jason Alexander stays in the bullpen. Um, you use him for long relief or when you really need a ground ball. I would trust Jason Alexander to give you two or three innings on a game where, um, say, lower gets uh, out of control with his pitch count and he only pitches four and a third inning. And, say, Brent Suter and Trevor Gott, who will be back Monday, um, next Monday is another guy. Um, say those guys aren't available, you can throw Jason Alexander in there for two and two-thirds innings and know that he's got the capability to go those innings. And if he's yep. pitching well, let him go further. Yep, I agree. So you can piggyback him almost on that um, and almost do like an opener thing like you could with Aaron Ashby. Or this ties in with Adrian Hauser. So I'm glad you picked bullpen depth. That's a good one to pick. Because you could do, say, Aaron Ashby and Adrian Hauser when Brandon Woodruff is healthy and you're back to your five-man rotation at least. Um, the guys that are struggling, you can get them out of games a little bit earlier before they start getting into the places where they're going to start giving up hits, 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 walk, hit, and getting to you know a snowball. Um, you can take them out after four innings, even though if their pitch count is in the 70s. And you could put Jason Alexander in for two or three innings and kind of piggyback starters almost like they do in the playoffs, but do it in the regular season with some guys that are struggling. Let them pitch four really good innings instead of four good innings followed by a really bad fifth and that turns into four earned runs. When they start going through the lineup the third time when people yeah. start figuring you out. Yeah. I agree. So That's toss Jason awesome. Alexander in there. So Jason Alexander is a guy that I look at to help the bullpen depth. Trevor Gott, like I just mentioned, he is eligible to be back for off the injured list on Monday. Um, and then I'm really, really, really hoping that Nick Cousins, by them choosing the rehab over Tommy John surgery, if that works out the way that I'm sure they're hoping it does, um, and Nick Cousins can come back sometime around like August, and you can get a dude that throws 96 mile an hour fastballs and then 82 mile an hour sliders that move this much, and just add that in mid August to your bullpen, that would be huge. If that works that out, nice. that they that they rehab Nick Cousins that way, so that I'm looking at that for bullpen depth, um, and then like Jake said, Cousins. What did I? You're I saying Nick. Nick Cousins. I don't even know who Nick Cousins is. I don't know why I wrote that down. I don't know either. Maybe you were talking to a Nick at work. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> That's really weird. Um, okay, so Jake Cousins, Trevor Gott, Jason Alexander, those are my three guys to potentially improve the bullpen depth. And they definitely um, will. Jake Cousins was one of our better relievers last year. Yeah, anyway. yep. Yep. And Jason Alexander has been a delight to watch. And, you know, like we said earlier, he's a little stressful, but he's fun. Man, he, get, he gets shit done. I'm just looking up Nick Cousins to see if that's an actual thing. <laughs> oh, he plays for the Predators. That's why. Oh, I don't watch hockey, so. I do when it's on national TV. That's the only way I can watch a Nashville hockey team. Um, he plays for the Predators. That's why I wrote Nick Cousins. I was like, who the hell is Nick Cousins? <laughs> At least there's a reason for it. At least it's not just like a random person from like Kentucky or something like that. <laughs> always Kentucky. Always the middle of nowhere. At, At least it's at least it's something that I had a reason for writing that down. Uh, <laughs> so staying on the subject of pitching, I'm going to go to fewer walks slash Corbin Burns with two strikes. Yeah. So um, Burns in his last outing gave up four walks. Two of them came on the cutter. One came on a sinker and one came on a curveball. Um, the four walks that he gave up, um, two of them were 
one two counts that came back for walks. One of them was a two two count, and one of them was a three zero count that came back to um, that he got back to a three two count, got back to a full count. Um, oh, Andrew knew that Nick Cousins was on the Predators. Uh, I had to Google. I had to look it up because it was driving me nuts. I'm like, why was I thinking Nick Cousins? Um, but Andrew knew that. We're gonna have to get Andrew on one of the trivia contests. We had Steve on the Packers one. Andrew, he knew like all of the answers. <laughs> um, well, we could do that after his second interview. Yes, yeah, after his second interview. <laughs> after he passes the second barrier. <laughs> yeah. then, then we'll see. So, fewer walks and Corbin Burns, as applies to the whole pitching staff as far as walks are concerned, um, is getting ahead in counts. And when you are ahead in counts, stay aggressive. Don't, don't get into a one-two count and then be like, all right, I'm going to throw him three pitches outside the zone and see if he chases him. Get a guy into a one-two count, finish cutting the head off. Like, just get the strikeout. That's going to keep your pitch count down. That's going to allow starters to go deeper into games, and it's just going to allow batters to see fewer pitches. You know, don't let a guy see more of your stuff by throwing a, a slider that moves out of the zone. Like, just go get him. That's that's something that really struck me with Corbin Burns having two walks that came after one two counts. Is you know just be aggressive. Yeah. And that's the same thing with um, like Eric Lauer getting into some trouble with counts and getting behind in counts, and then he gets into a position where he gives up three straight home runs because you're behind in counts. Be aggressive, get ahead in counts, and stay aggressive when you are ahead in counts and finish those at bats. Agreed. So that's my that's my suggestion to improve the walks and the two strikes um the two strike situations yeah all right so the last thing you've kind of touched on this a little bit um the brewers striking out too much Hmm. now this this can apply if you are one of the brewers fans that is not in love with the fact that the brewers are at times home runner bust yeah because it does feel like that that's how they are they're third in the they're, I think they're still third or fourth in all of baseball and home runs um, they do hit a lot of home runs against sub 500 teams that's just a fact that's part of what it is but um, most of the Brewers run production comes off of home runs so this is the thing where the Brewers are striking out a lot what they can do to improve that is just shorten their swings um, be defensive when you're when you have a two strike count. Foul some pitches off. That's why I brought up that none of the batters um, in the last four of the last six games saw more than six pitches. Because you got to get guys you got to get guys deeper into counts than that. Because not only that, um, you know, if you can shorten up your swing with two strikes, um, you can drive the balls to the opposite field, which actually Christian Yelich is pretty good at hitting the ball to left field. Yeah. Um, you know, what that does, um, it just gets guys on base, first of all. By not striking out, it gives you a chance to get on base, at least putting the ball in play. It can drive up the pitch count of the opposing pitcher is an important thing. Uh, and you can get into the bullpen of the opposing teams. Now, especially early in a series, if you can get into a team bullpen early in a series, then that bullpen pitcher may not be available the next day. And they may have to go with a guy that they don't trust as much out of the bullpen. And that can help you the next day and the next game. Like, those are things that are factors. Um, so if you can do that and you can drive it and make 
teams have to use more pitchers because you're driving their pitch counts up because you're taking at bats longer and longer and deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can affect a team's pitching staff that way. So, you know, shorten your swing, follow some pitches off. Um, you don't have to swing for the fences. It's a thing oh. that the Brewers do a lot, unfortunately. Like Willie Adamas is a fence swinger. Luis Arias is a fence swinger. Um, Hunter Renfro is kind of a fence swinger. Rowdy and Yelich are at times as well. Um, but, you know, get into a bullpen. Start getting at some of the bullpen guys that can help you later on in the series by guys not being available because they had to pitch earlier in that series. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if a team has to use a lot of pitchers, it can help you out. So that is my my last suggestion for, for ways to improve some of the things that we've we've talked about that we're just going to prove on. I agree with everything you just said. Um, like I said earlier, it's got to get back to basics. Just play baseball. Man, isn't that serious? Um, if I was a professional athlete, I think – I don't think it's social media during the season, to be honest with you, because I would see all the negative things that people are saying, and it would it would affect me. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm a person that takes criticism, both positive and negatively, very it, – it affects me a lot on you know, both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely one of those people, like, if I hear positive, you're positive, you're positive, I will be in a great mood, and I will be more productive. So that's what our kind of goal is, and that's why I love it so much, because I know how it – it changes my life. So maybe we can change their lives. Maybe they'll play better. Maybe, maybe, and this is this is a crazy thought. You know I'm going to be sarcastic now. Maybe, well, we'll be, all be able to enjoy all of our seasons if we're positive because they'll all win championships every single year. What do you think about that? <laughs> every huh? single year, yeah. Every single year. It's just, what do you think about that? All the numbers are coming up Wisconsin. They are. All of them. Well, oh, my God. So I got to ask you this. So – did you watch first take today or no? I don't watch first take. Oh, oh no, you had to drive them walk. No. Oh, my God. This guy, Mad Dog, was on there again, and he named his best sports cities, right? He had, oh, God, who did he have? He had Detroit. He had Chicago. He had New York, Philly. I don't remember the last one, but I was like. Was that like the bottom all... five? No, he said those were his top five. I'm like, those are all garbage. All those are garbage. Yeah. Chicago was like third. Detroit was second. Oh, Cleveland was number one. Cleveland was number one. Cleveland, I can level with a little bit more. I can at least, I can at least respect some of those teams. But Detroit, Chicago, Philly, Philly New York, New York, I can see being on there just because of the atmosphere of the city. Yeah, but... not for the actual teams and fan bases themselves. But dude, Chicago, Philly. Mouse in the palace disqualified Detroit. I agree, man. I mean, that was. And, man, how long. Most of the Lions. The Lions should disqualify Detroit, too. (laughs) 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 They deserve it. In the offseason, I don't mind talking shit to the Lions. Okay? But during the season, when they start 1 7, I'm like, I feel bad. I don't like kicking people when they're down. So I'm just going to leave them alone. Hey, maybe you guys will have another good draft next year. Yeah, <laughs> I will take that. I will. I will back my comment real quick because if the if the Bears start one one and seven, they're getting all the shit. Because fuck Chicago, that's how I feel straight up. I hate you, that, Chicago. Yeah. All of your teams. I don't care. I don't care. And I want all the Chicago people to come on this show. I can't believe I got invited to that page. By the way, I got invited to a Chicago Bears fan page. <laughs> that is awesome. I don't and, know how they messed that up. I was like, 
Bro, my Literally, has Wisco Fanatics as the cover photo. Like, how do you miss that? Like, do you think right. I'm just a Chicago Bears fan? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> right. With all of the team and, colors and the sports for those teams. Everything is explained on there. I don't know. Well, they're Bears fans, so maybe not explained well enough. Right. The first thing I saw was Justin Fields literally just throwing a, a five-yard pass, and they were like, this was an amazing play by Justin Fields. And I'm like, yeah, you got real low standards, but because I literally yeah. just did that with my stepson outside ten minutes ago. Because <laughs> like nobody was rushing me, nobody was covering my stepson, and he's nine by the way. So apparently he's as good as Darnell Mooney, if you ask a Bears fan. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, um, Chicago. I mean, oh. I finally found one pair of Chicago fans that aren't like, totally off their rockers and just, like, terrible people. So, I mean, there's that. Um, Vikings fans are really, really hit and miss. Like, like I know at least one Vikings fan that respects Aaron Rodgers and doesn't, like, just talk out of his ass all the time. Then I also know several Vikings fans that, like, still brag about Anthony Barr injuring Aaron Rodgers, which is still just, like, one of the least classy things you could possibly do. Um and and Detroit, yeah, it just turns into a like a feeling sorry for them situation. So um, I don't really feel the need to to pick on Detroit ever. But yeah, looking that's at what, what I'm yeah, that's that's such that's, that's rough. Um, looking at what's next for the Brewers, they have the Mets again tonight. Um, Corbin Burns back on the mound. See if we can get a, a bounce back game from Corbin Burns tomorrow. Yeah. They play the Mets again. Um, it'd be nice to see Ashby have a bounce back game tomorrow as well. Um, especially against a good Mets team. Um, it'd be really good to see Ashby get a bounce-back game there. Um, then they play the Reds from Friday to Sunday. They're still on the road. This is their third three-team, three-city road trip in the first 60 games of the season. Those are really long road trips. There's three of them all in the first two months of the season. So it's a lot of traveling. So that you know, it's possible that that has an effect on them. You know, I'm not, I'm not using it as an excuse because, like, teams have to travel but having three three city road trips in the first 60 games so essentially in the first third of the season that's a lot that's a lot lot of travel man it's a lot of travel um so it's going to be for those three games um lower going to be jason alexander again and then adrian hauser um with adrian alexander i want to adrian alexander adrian hauser with jason alexander i want to talk about brandon woodruff um after his ankle injury, he started dealing with some circulation issues in the middle three fingers. It affects your your index finger, your middle finger, and your ring finger, um, and it makes it harder to throw breaking balls. So that's what Woodruff's been dealing with. He threw a 40-pitch bullpen, uh, bullpen simulation yesterday, so he's getting back, but I don't think he's going to make his next start. Um, I think today would be the first day he's eligible to come off the injured list. So his next start would be scheduled for Saturday. I don't think he's going to make that start. I think they're just going to keep him – um, oh, one more start, probably in part because Jason Alexander has been pitching so well in his place um, that you just let Jason Alexander make one more start. You let Woodruff rehab it for one more week, and then you start Woodruff anytime um, starting Monday. They have a four-game home series with St. Louis. So maybe you bring you wait for Brandon Woodruff to get back during that series, and you let Jason Alexander pitch again against the Reds. Watch the Brewers take the lead in NL Central again, and everybody will chill out. Just watch. That's what it's going to take. It's going to be like, well, we should have never lost the lead. That's exactly what will happen. No. The Brewers could 
The Not Brewers could sweep the Cardinals in that four-game series next week and be back in the lead for the NL Central. People would be like, well, they never should have lost the lead in the first place. So, like, it sucks, but it's the reality of, of social media, unfortunately, that people will find something to complain about even when things are going well. So we, again, we want to be that polar opposite that when things suck, that there's still a positive a positive takeaway and a positive outlook that can be had. So, I mean, maybe this is going to sound super weird. Maybe we should thank the Brewers for losing eight games in a row because it gave us an opportunity to prove that there is a possibility of looking at things in a positive way even when the team is struggling. It was uh, a little bit of a challenge at some points. You know, like the 10-0 loss was kind of tough because we struck out a bunch and stuff. But you can always try to put a positive spin on everything, and that does not just sports. That's life, too. You can always put a positive spin and always remain positive. That's that's the thing. Like, a negative, a negative situation is an opportunity to react in a positive way. That was good. I like that. <laughs> I agree. That's how I feel. All right, so looking at... Woodruff potentially to make a series start during the Cardinal series. Uh, Trevor Gott is eligible to be back on Monday. Uh, Colton Wong is probably going to be back on Saturday. They said he's probably that's when he's eligible to be back. They're probably going to activate him on Saturday. So Colton Wong should be back on Saturday. Um, Craig Council said Mike Brasso is getting closer, but he's not going to make a, uh, an appearance during the Mets series. Um, so we're still going to be waiting a little bit on Mike Brasso. Um, they haven't ruled him out for the Cincinnati series yet, but okay. he could be back potentially during that Cincinnati series. Um, so we'll see what happens with Mike Brasso. But um, Wong back on Saturday, got back on Monday. Time to get some bounce back games. Time to to make the the streak go in the other direction. I agree. Um, before the storm comes, man, I just want to say stay safe, you and your family. Um, stay indoors and. Hopefully you have all the bread and milk that you need to survive in case <laughs> the lights go out. I got to run to the store and get milk right, right after the show. So, All right, man. Well, we will be back next Wednesday. I want to thank Andrew for tuning in from Hawaii. We're going to be back Friday, first of all. There for the... Oh, you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. I am glad you brought that up because I had the banners pulled up and scrolled up to Wisco Fanatics so we could put this up there. Um Andrew probably And I guess see you in real, on, on real life. On Saturday, yeah. Um, Friday night. Real life, I get to see you. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Friday night. Um, Friday night bonus episode. Friday night. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot, even though I meant to bring it up. Friday night bonus episode. We are talking about bad sports commentators. So this is one of the things that actually inspired our our show to begin was that we hated the way that Wisconsin was represented in mainstream sports media. That you watch Sports Center or ESPN for 48 minutes. And you see L.A., New York, Chicago, L.A., New York, Chicago, L.A., New York, Chicago, New York, New York, New York, L.A., 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 a little bit of Chicago, a little bit of Philadelphia, a little bit of Boston. And then you get 25 Don't forget seconds. the Cowboys. Don't forget the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> okay, because you brought up the Cowboys. I have to bring it up. I had like, We shared it on the page, but if you haven't seen it already, scroll back to, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Um, a news reporter was like, um, this week's temperatures are like the Dallas Cowboys. They're all peaking in the 90s. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the reasons we started this show is we didn't like the way that Wisconsin sports trade and, and mainstream sports media because you'd see 48 minutes out of an hour of all the major markets and then be like, oh, here, the Brewers played the Cubs. Uh, the Brewers played, say, the Reds. 
yesterday and you get a 30 second highlight and you see the scoring plays and that's it. After they spent the last 15 minutes elaborating on the Yankees and the Dodgers playing against each other. Um, so we also are aware that there is lots of what I like to call human clickbait out there. People like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Jake and I each drafted. We did a we did a little mini draft of sports commentators that we are going to basically essentially pick apart for making bad takes um, because we know those guys are basically paid to say dumb shit just because it creates an argument on TV and they they want to drive their ratings up by watching people argue instead of actually watching something that has high quality. I will say we could do an entire episode just on Skip Bayless because that guy is the king dipshit. God, we probably could. That's he's. Oh my god, he's Dude, so I, 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 him during the Packers Bears recap. I, I have a lot of notes on Skip Bayless already. I have some of my mis- Jake guy. has Skip Bayless. Yep. Oh, we both have Skip Bayless. I thought. I thought you were just taking your Skip Bayless. I thought I I thought I gave him to you because I picked I picked oh, Colin Coward. I thought we were so I thought I had my two and then we were both doing Skip Bayless. All right, dude, if you got extra Skip Bayless, I'll find some bad Skip Bayless shit. You, I, I, where I are you pick from? I want both of us to do Skip Bayless because I got a lot on Skip Bayless. There's a lot. I'm just gonna say my, my guys. Okay, so I got Stephen yep. A. Smith. I got yep. Skip Bayless. You know, and they were on a show together. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Yeah, God help us with those two. And the third guy, big Bears homer. Um, his name is Adam Rank. I don't know if any if everybody's heard of him. He's a fantasy football guy. He's on NFL Network. Um, he goes on Good Morning Football. Skip doesn't believe Aaron Rodgers. No, he doesn't. Um, but those are my three. Adam Rank, dude, I've been going at that guy for years, dude. He is easily the biggest Bears homer. He is what the Bears fans are in one person on national television, and I hate every ounce of it. Every ounce, every time the Bears suck. And he's doing a season prediction. He's like, they'll beat the Packers. I'm like, you don't fucking believe that. And I know you don't. So stop saying it on TV, you bastard. Um, You don't believe it. I know you don't. (laughs) Andrew Skip said after the the Bears played the Packers that Justin Fields didn't have that much worse of a game than Aaron Rodgers. I ripped it. I, like, ripped it apart. It was such a dumb tweet that Skip Bayless put out. Um, Skip, I actually – I already know what I'm going to do for one of my Skip Bayless things. But Bro, the two I that so many, I – Oh, so many crazy well, things. The two bad. that I drafted were Colin Coward and Dan Orlovsky. So those are the two that I picked. Um, no, it's Coward and then, Orlovsky. Yeah, his – he's in love with one quarterback for some reason. And, and we're going to talk about that on Friday. But uh, and then we also – we're just going to discuss some some bad fan takes that seem to pop up a lot um, basically oh. on social media because there's so many people that have access to social media that I really wish didn't because they just say dumb shit. I, I've always said, Dan, best and worst part about America is that everybody has an opinion. That's the best part. But the worst part is that everybody thinks theirs is right. Yeah. That just is what it is, man. Yeah, well, we just want to offer some perspective and a positive outlook, so that's what we're doing here. <laughs> also, Skip Bayless is an idiot, so had to get that out there as well. Yeah, well, well he's a rich idiot because he gets paid to argue on live television. Oh, can I just tell you one of the quotes I found right now? Do it. It's, it's, it's yeah, so it. cringy, bro. So it was an in- 
interview that Woody Page did, and he was doing an interview, uh, God, I don't remember where it was, I forgot to write that part down, um, but he's doing an interview, and this is back in 2006, okay, so this is a long time ago now, and Skip Bayless walks into a room, and Woody Page said there's about 10 people in the room, and they're about to discuss, you know, topic points, and this is the first time that Woody met Skip, and Skip goes, I've had more sex than all of you people in this room combined, and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> what? Dude, I found... Oh, my God. I found a whole page. I found that was written about bad skip takes. <laughs> yeah, bro. He's that guy. And I knew he was that guy. I knew he was that I've, guy. I've I found it. similar pages about Colin Coward. Rick Flair. Yeah, or Will Chamberlain. <laughs> Will Chamberlain must not have either. <laughs> Rick Flair was nothing in the room. Andrew, this is the first time meeting you. I like you, brother. You got good energy. You got good energy. I like it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing you say when, like, you're first meeting people, like, in the same profession. Like, I've had more sex than all of you. Like, what? I read that, and I was like, there's no way. This Dude, I'm here. kicking the door in when I walk into Winter's birthday party on Saturday. Guess what oh, quote man. I'm whipping out? <laughs> <laughs> you better not. You better not. <sighs> oh. All right, well, there's a little sneak peek for Friday. So Friday night, it'll be 8 o'clock Central Time. Andrew, I'm not sure what time that translates to in Hawaii. I think that might be like a three-hour difference. So it might be like 5 o'clock. So you get dinner and a show if you want to watch that on Friday. But um, Yeah, so that'll be Friday. And then other than that, I will see you next Wednesday after Friday and Saturday. All right, man. Hey, take care. Be safe, all right? Yep. All right, thanks for watching. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.